Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? Um, doing all right. <clears throat> Just a lot of, a lot of activity, getting ready to move places. But um, it's all good. How's the renovation going? Uh, it's going all right. Um, uh, we're kind of knee deep into it. We, it's very fluid in the sense of the strategy. Like I, th I thought I had some uh, guys in mind that we're going to do kind of at least anywhere from 75% of it. And then um, it's always weird getting friends to help you. Um, and these are professional, these are professional friends, by the way, like they're, they, they work in the I, business. I, they know how to do stuff. Yeah, they're they're in the business. They're tradespeople. Um, they're yeah. friends of mine, but they're friends of mine via you know having known them for so long. So, okay. um, basically, what happened was halfway into it, I'm like, um, you know, I know that they have jobs that they could be going to, and my dad looks at me and says, "Well, if you just help me out a little bit, because um, you're getting up there in age, um, you know, you and I can do this." And I'm like, "Yippee!" Like I love working for my dad. Said no one ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so of course my wife's in the room and uh it's not like my guys were gonna you know they gave me like you know an, an insider's rate I guess you could say you know it was all it was all on the up and up but you know it was like uh, you know my, my everything's opening up here as you can imagine um and so I kind of did I kind of did my my friends a solid by saying you know what guys um I thought I need you for three weeks why don't you just give me a hand for the first week I think my dad and I can take it from here. If I need you to come back one day, do it. If you got other jobs, great. Me and the old man will do it. And it sounds great um, until, you know, him and I start working together. And it's uh, it's actually been okay. Um, my, I can never work for my father, um, but this <laughs> has to be, this has to have been the best project um, that we've ever worked on before. I don't know if I told you, my dad, my, my dad swerved me a long time ago. Eh? He, okay. um he was trying to exit out of being a mechanic and right. he's, he told me, he told me that, um, so refrigeration units in trucks are the short form for them are called reefer units. Right. So, right. um, you, you kind of need a designation for it, which he got, um, basic gas, um, uh, uh, gas fitters license and refrigeration license and a couple other designations that he could, you know, add on to his RA mechanics, um, license. So basically the, the gist of it was this, he saw the need for people like that in the industry and he wanted to transition out. And he sold me on the idea of him and I starting a refrigeration business, but specific, super specific for, for truck refrigeration units. And I said, this is great. I'm sick and tired of what I'm doing. I was in insurance at the time. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Me and my old man. And then, you know, he's going to be the guy. And then, you know, once it's time for him to go out to pasture and, you know, to turn him into glue, like I'll take over the company and boom, like this is, this is, this is what I want. He sells me on the idea that night. I, I worked on logos. I worked on how my invoicing scheme was going to do. I even registered for an HST number. You, you name okay. it. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> nice. And then uh, I think it was family day weekend that weekend. We all get together and he was just like, yeah, you know, just 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 forget it. Whatever I said, ah, it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Like he, like, like talk about you know talk about a DX screw job, man. Like he, yeah, <laughs> man. It was. Uh, I'm in this. I'm really trying to think of. There are multiple TV storylines that follow like that arc you just went through, 
<clears throat> my mm-hmm. brain is kind of exploding trying to think of which one to pick. Because right away, that sounds like something between like Kramer and Newman or Costanza and yeah. Newman. Like it just, I mean, oh, Costanza for sure. and yeah, Kramer, yeah. it totally sounds like something I would see. It's very <laughs> Seinfeld-esque. I was watching uh, 1FC this weekend and then halfway through it, I realized it's in Singapore. Oh, yeah. And it was, I think, a yeah. two-day event. How, how, how big of a deal was it there? So I, I don't really follow 1FC as much. I've been to an event. It was more, um, like, it's definitely, it's, 1FC is definitely uh, full, like, property here people there's some people who will follow that over following ufc they're ingrained in the society like they have the evolved gym which is right in the heart of downtown it's actually yeah. really close to my my son's daycare so i can walk we, oh, we drive okay. we go past it like very frequently they got prime real estate where you have this big window like looking right in from the from it like think of it as uh young street or yeah kind of young street where you're crossing from the cbd up into the eaton area it's like that's the kind of real estate you're talking about and it's it's really nice glass you can look and see every training and i know different people here just you know they're professionals they're whatever they have their own lives and they just go to the gym and train so they're it's i don't know what the fee is but it's it's one of the more expensive gyms you can join like in singapore Mm -hmm. and then and then they're learning from like ex-champions or these fighters who will go compete so then you see chatri the owner the founder like Mm -hmm. yeah he's crazy yeah like you see him there um you see him there and like he's a no like i mean i've you know i've known of people who've like interviewed with and like uh like you know what what the company jobs and stuff and so they're definitely there's definitely a presence uh here Mm -hmm. and you'll you'll feel it around so i when i mean yeah go ahead oh but the event the, the promotion the popularity definitely popular i don't really follow it as much like i just don't know the personalities i just i just never really learned it and also yeah, I don't really watch local TV so much. I don't really watch TV. I don't watch TV, actually. So mm-hmm. I, I guess I didn't know. But I did go to an event one time some years ago, and I just wasn't a big fan of what I was seeing. Like, they didn't – for some reason, is that sometimes they have the cage and sometimes they don't have the cage. Like, this was just the straight-up ring, and most of it was a, it was a kickboxing night pretty much. And there was one fight that was MMA. And there was it was clear why MMA is just – the, the like the sport that the combat sport that people gravitate to there's just more going on that the, the crowd was just not like as as loud for all the kickboxing matches but the one mma fight you know everyone was getting into it it just is there's just more happening um and uh, so, so uh, a, a couple of things the the promoter i, I said he was crazy but okay. i mean it in a good way like i think okay. if you're going to be number three in a renegade promotion you need that <laughs> kind of larger than life yeah. personality that you know when asked like how did your pay-per-views do oh we we shot we we did eight point million buys and uh yeah, you know okay. and, and grossed um you know 80 80 million um the, the game was 80 million you know shattered previous record it was like like he's He's worse than Vince McMahon when he you know, gives attendance <laughs> when he when he gives like attendance figures at the Silver Dome. But I think that's um, I'm I'm saying that as as a compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, one is um, I wish like uh, it's funny because you know I I like CFL. You know, it's it's kind of okay. like my local you know yeah, um, okay. football yeah. here. I would totally be a one FC fan if it was there because you do get a lot of ex champions. I mean, Demetrius Johnson um, was, uh, was uh, probably still is the, one of the 
best flyweights in the world. He just straight up was not agreeing with the promotional machine of UFC. And, you know, they, they swapped talent and he's been a good addition for one. He doesn't have to do much media and, you know, still gets to earn a decent paycheck. Um, so I love what they're doing. I love the mixed rules. I love that uh, the kickboxing might like it, it's right up my alley. I get that the energy drop off in the building might be a, a little odd um, going from fights, but you know, they, they are, they, they hearken back to a rule set that made pride um, what it was, you know, where you get these almost like freak show matches. Um, and for, and one of the, the, the main attraction of the night was Sexyama versus uh, Shinayoki. And it was like, I don't know. It'd probably be like, I mean, it'd, it'd probably be like, we're going to talk about them right now. It'd, it'd probably be like, you know, if, if it'd be weird because they did fight each other. I'm just trying to think of a WCW guy that we never got. Um, it, it would kind of be like if you got Sting to fight Undertaker, like kind of these legends, you know, who are well past their prime, um, you know, because they were, they were big deal in each other's sports. They never, uh, Sexy Amin never fought for a UFC title, but, um, you know, he was a pretty, he was a pretty cool cat. And uh, so that's, it, it was fun. That's the thing with one, man. They make kind of these fun fights. And I'm, the thing with, when you watch as much UFC as I do, you get a lot of rank and file matches. Like, okay, it's number five in the welterweight rankings versus number four and everything is nice and neat. And then okay. one FC just says, fuck it. We're just going to pick <laughs> a couple of old veterans. We're going to pick the former UFC flyweight, make them do Muay Thai for one round, and then MMA in the second. <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 it's awesome. It's, it's different, but a, but a good different. Uh, like, it's, it's a okay. renegade different, it but it's, it's, it's good. It feels yeah. fresh. And it is what it is with the talent. I mean, it's a lot like what Paul Heyman okay. was doing for ECW. Like, he wasn't given okay. the best, and, but, you know, but I, I, I dig what one's doing. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, and we get offline. I'll talk more about one. Just like these other stories that came up, but the um, um, the, what you're making me think of is number one, like two areas. One is like basketball, the big three. Um, like mm-hmm. it's there's that kind of entertaining component to it. You just have these familiar faces. It's a little gimmicky, but it's you know it's just sort of enjoyable. And then the other is if you think about the heyday of the MTV Video Music Awards, it was here is an award show. Um, we don't want to take it too seriously, but there's still credibility with it. So artists still care about it. I mean, they built up their own brand and legacy. So by the time you get to, I think the, the nineties to the two thousands, I'd say the early to mid two thousands, I think that's kind of, in my opinion, it's the apex. And, um, and it was, it was, it's like, on one hand, it doesn't have the, obviously the esteem of the big reward shows, like the, the traditional ones. But then there's a credibility to it. Um, so you sort of, it's a bit, that's what I'm thinking of when you talk about 1FC. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's, it's just a little bit different, but then it's enough to care about, but it's also just a little bit different. Um, now, with that said about award shows, I guess, do you have any thoughts on the whole, you know, Will Smith, the Oscars? Any, any, like, we don't even have to dive too deep into it if there's not much. Why? What happened? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, Today, I listened to all the Ricky Gervais um, Golden Globes monologues and whatnot and all the shit he said. And um, so uh, uh, a couple things. Number one, I think 
Will Smith has some issues yep. that he has to take care of internally in the house. He's let a lot of it out. I really have no respect for people who have these. Just because a publisher tells you to have a tell-all book doesn't mean you have to have a tell-all book. Like There is some stuff that nobody's ever going to know about. <laughs> um like that's just straight up because i can think of a few other things that will still sell a buck and you know still be edgy um so that's number one i think him and jada that whole you know i, f- I forget what they call it but you know they had that the sit red down table was, oh god yeah whatever it's called and so that um chris rock i mean Okay, was it a bad joke? Yes, absolutely. He, I don't think he knew that she had, um, you know, Apopecia. whatever it's called, a apopecia. And yeah. um, having said that, because I don't think he would have made that joke had he did. That sounded like someone who said, because it was really a G.I. Jane joke. It was like, oh, she's, yeah. you know, purposely made her hair like this, like Halle Berry used to do and, and others. Um, it's 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 not an uncommon look that she had. Yeah. Um and then it was this weird delay response where Will, you could tell him it took a while for the smile to leave and we didn't see the smile turn into a frown. He walks up and he hits him. That straight away, I can tell you right now that he wouldn't slap Bill Burr. He wouldn't slap Joe Rogan. He wouldn't slap like, you know, Ari Spears, Patrice O'Neill. He, like Chris Rock had to be the skinniest. Like I, there's two comedians that Will Smith would probably do that too off the top of my head. Maybe three. If someone made a joke like that, it's like Jerry Seinfeld, it's like um, Chris Rock and, you know, Kevin Hart, maybe. I mean, Kevin Hart puts his time into the gym. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> the most pacifist guy ever is Chris Rock. He even talks about it in his stand-ups, how he's, he likes guns because he doesn't have to work out. Um it was clearly a bullying move. He would not do that if The Rock delivered that line. If yeah. um, you know, I mentioned a few other people, so there was a bit of bullying going on there. Yeah, yeah. just Will Will Smith. You're you know you 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 picked on the weakest guy in the room. That's what you did. And I actually really, I mean, I just thought it was a work um, all the way through, mm. even through the hit. I thought it was so like it was just like whether it was improv, whether it was going to be staged between the two of them, whether it was going to be something pre-planned by Will. Like at first I thought this was sort of a bit and that Chris, even if he wasn't part of it, knowing what was going to happen, just the comedic, comedic like timing, comedic mind would just be like, well, I'm going to lean into whatever is going on, right? Because we're mm-hmm. going to create a moment. And so yes. even if it's a hit, even if whatever, like he, he knows so, and it, it looked like his initial reaction was a bit of a, okay, well, whatever, that's just, we're creating an Oscar moment. We'll move on mm-hmm. from it, right? It's the shouting after, I thought that's mm-hmm. actually what got everyone, right? Not even, yeah. and maybe not even the first shout, but the second shout, you know? He leaned He leaned into the second one, yeah. This, it he was leaned like, into the, the first shout one. might have been, uh, oh, okay, well, Will's not a comedian. It was a trigger warning. Timing. And, then, and then everyone's like, huh? but then he kept going, and then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, something's a bit odd. This is a bit like, uh, a dude in San Francisco who's on drugs or he's homeless and he's shouting on the street. That's a bit like what, mm-hmm. what it felt like at that point. And then um, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm, and even to this day, I still like, eh, it's like the wrestling fan of me is like, oh, wonder, is they, are they working us? Are they working us? Because it's a bit surreal to think about all that, on how that, how all of that played out. Chris Rock as well, he leaned into it and, and took it, knew it was coming and was probably hoping that it was some sort of worked yeah, you know, okay, or he's just okay. gonna sl- like like you could you could tell that 
because I've had, believe it or not, I've actually had a similar situation where I knew I was going to get my comeuppance with a drunk friend of mine. And I, I did the same thing. I stuck my tongue. I stuck my tongue out. Um, I, um, I stuck my, <laughs> stuck my face out. out. Yeah. Stuck my chin yeah. out because I'm like, all right, you, you, I'm, I'm going to get the one. I'm not going to make the scene. I'm not going to fight you, but I'm going to take it. And, you know, depending on how hard you hit me, then I'll react. Okay. Um, and so that, that's, that, that, that happened to me. And with, with Chris, he, he took it, he ate it. And um, I guess my only opinion is um, bad joke, but worse reaction. And you could tell it comes from a place of insecurity because he's doing that because it was Chris Rock, not Chris Rock, the black comedian friend that he's known since the nineties. He, he did it because it was a skinny guy that he knew he could do it to and walk back to his um, chair. I think there's a lot of people that he would not do that to because the second he turned, and that's another thing too. If that happened to me, I'd probably do exactly what Chris Rock did. But the second he turned his back, Oh my God, I would just, do, <laughs> you know, just I would just do a button. Oh, just a, no, I'll do a Bob Holly, you know, standing drop kick right to his, um, right to the small of his back. And, uh, oh, well, that um, would be difficult because he'd be walking away. You'd have to actually, you know what I mean? Cause the, the standing drop kick works when the guy stands still, but I mean, I'm just, it'd be like a running, it'd be like semantics. a running drop. Kick. I'm trying to think who has yeah. a good running. Um, oh, if Billy you picture, Gunn. um, so yeah, kind of, no, no, anyway, no, forget the drop kick. Forget the drop kick. Like almost like uh, I don't know if you know who uh, seen a lot of Sami Zayn. He's got a haluva kick okay. as his finishing move. It's a nice kick. I think the best move if you're Chris Rock and you're gonna make the attack, it's gotta be like the Brian Pillman chop block. When you, you remember back in Flying Brian days, he would run at the guy's leg and just like he would dive into the guy's mm -hmm. back of the guy's knee. That's the only thing mm -hmm. you can really do, and you can do the most damage that way. And 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 that was an actor's gala. Comedians, you saw the comedians you know, on Twitter, if that place was filled with a lot more comedians, I think they actually have a fraternity. They're, yeah, they do. They, they're all free speech enthusiasts. I think if one or two comedians were there that night, it would have ended differently. Uh, Cause comedians don't, they're almost anti, they're like the ugly stepchild of Hollywood. Yes, they are part of movies. They are part of the establishment sport, so to speak, but, but they know that if they don't get the role, they're just going to go on tour and make money that way. So they don't really care if like, you know, their, their agent is looking out to them to, to get a role. So they have a lot more, a lot less to lose. So they would be more willing to make a scene than these, you know, uh, elitists in Hollywood would. So again, I think if I think if Bill Burr was there with Dave Chappelle, and I'm just trying to think of a couple of young guys, you know, get maybe a table of five of them. Yeah, that 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 ends very differently. Yes, agree on the points. You know, if he's going up against like a rock or uh, you know a mountain of a man, I'm trying to think of really big comedians because Bill Burr, I mean. Not that big, but well, Joe Rogan, I, I don't know if you remember. I don't but, know if you remember uh, uh, Patrice O'Neill, but he, he was he was a big dude. Um, but I think, but I think, so, I think Bill, I think Bill Burr is just a scrappy guy that you don't want to fuck with him. Yeah, I mean, guy from um, Boston. Okay, but what I was gonna get yeah. at is, is that I think what 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 actually emboldened Will sort of was the fact that compared to all those other comedians, and I don't know about his relationship with Ken Hart, Ken Hart is he actually knows Chris quite well, right? Because of the friendship yes. that they've had over the years. So mm -hmm. it's a bit like. It's a bit like you might be more emboldened to to like throw hands with someone you know compared to sure. a stranger. So there's a bit sure. of that at play, but obviously the bullying part is definitely a big part of that because like yeah, like there's a big size differential. Um, Will and he laughed it off initially. And some people there was like the, a lot of feedback like oh well Will's laughing at first and he must suck. No, I'm like 
it's not as simple. It's a bit of, oh, we probably saw Jada's face after, but I think it's also like the, there was like a bit of a, a snap, a bit of a Harvey Two-Face like trigger point where he just mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. I remember Joe Rogan doing an interview with Sagar and Crystal Ball talking about what it's like oh, to yeah. be in Hollywood and how it just messes with your brain. How you have to constantly like play a role all the time, not just in movies, but you're, you're playing politics with all these people in this business. And it's like, you're being judged all the time, being assessed and you're turning the other cheek all the time. And you're trying to, and it just, it starts to warp your mentality about stuff. And then, it, and, and then if you're thinking you're Will Smith, you're finally at the precipice of everything you've been working for, for like 20, 30 years and this moments upon you. And then something just snaps. And like, so there's mm-hmm. a bit of that. Again, it's, it's like a, it's like a Bill Maher moment. I, I, I can't prove it. I just know it's true. I don't think Will Smith is well liked. I think the okay. reverence that people have for Denzel Washington. I mean, this guy's been crushing him for like five decades. And every time he's at an award show, people pick him out, even roast him a little bit. But it's it's such a, it's just an, it's just an, it's just really a moment for you to bring up Denzel Washington's name. You know, it's like, hey, Denzel's yeah. here tonight and he's at some back table, you know, because he's such a Hollywood establishment. Like that guy is revered. That guy, you know, every, uh, you know, yeah. Um, everyone wants to be Denzel, including like, you know, Black Panther who just passed away. I mean, it's it's just, and Will Smith is just not Denzel yeah. and therefore he doesn't get the Denzel treatment and therefore probably doesn't get the Denzel rub. And you talk about professional rivalry. Yeah. He might have a personal one with Chris, but he probably also thinks, and I'm sorry, if, if this, if that moment did not happen uh, between him and Chris Rock and when Will Smith won for King Richard, um, it would not have been the same as Denzel winning for training day. Not even close. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well, that Will is just, um, you're you're not Forrest Whitaker. You're not Denzel. It's like, yeah, you're, yeah. We, you know, you're, you're Hollywood. You win, you were, but you're just not yeah. on the same tier. You're in.